Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. Welcome to the show that encourages Christians in leadership, whoever they are and wherever God has placed them. It was in the 1930s that a young Californian lumberyard worker caught a vision for what God might do. After seeing the benefits of basic discipleship principles in his own life, Dawson Trotman wanted to teach them to others based around the injunction in 2 Timothy 2.2 and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses in trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So he began a ministry to high school students and later sailors in the US Navy. Groups will gather to study, apply and memorize verses with the expectation that those who grew to know Jesus would go on to make disciples themselves. The ministry became known as the Navigators and today there are 1,200 cross-cultural missionaries in more than 100 countries, including the UK. So it's a particular joy that I welcome on the Leadership Show today, uh, Phil Boydell, who's the Navigator UK's National Director. So welcome to the Leadership Show, Phil. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, my, my first encounter, Phil, came when I was uh, working in the student world myself for UCCF. There were navigator groups in some of the campuses I used to visit in the south, particularly uh, Southampton. Uh, so, um, you know, obviously have warm feelings towards the, the, the ministry. Um, yeah. uh, perhaps you could describe the scope of the work today. That was several decades ago. So um, maybe things have changed. I don't know. Yeah, so we we have about seventy five um, uh, kind of full or part time uh, staff basically uh, that work with us around the UK, and then many other volunteers and kind of other partners, and um, they're involved in all sorts of things. They uh, there's a lot of student ministry um, still um, with those sort of people, but we also um, have another you know other other sorts of ministries like um second half living ministry which we've kind of developed in the last few years um to help people flourish and be fruitful in the second half of life and um we have a lot of cross-cultural missionaries kind of living and working in communities we work a lot with local churches as well to kind of help them uh, develop disciple making in their local churches um so there's just a, a few things um um around that we're doing yeah was it um the two seven ministry colossians two seven was that the Back yes, that was a big part. Yeah, so um, that was a big part of our kind of church ministries in the, especially in the eighties, um, uh, where it's a kind of it, it's quite an extensive. It took a few years to get through the program, but um, it's about you know helping people grow as disciples and then make disciples and kind of um, that was kind of the thrust of of that ministry. And it's still we've still got it available on the website and stuff. It's still a great resource. Um, yeah. Well, it was, I mean, it was only almost 100 years ago. In a decade, it will be 100 years ago since Dawson Trotman started. Um, uh, and obviously the work has changed over time, but I guess some of the basics of talking to people about your faith, uh, encouraging them to grow in Jesus, and then that sharing on has, has been a principle, I guess, throughout throughout all this work. Yeah, very much. And I think, I think that kind of 
I mean, a lot of the contemporary church talks about multiplication, you know, disciples who make disciples. And I guess we we tend to talk more in the language of spiritual generations, but, but how you pass on to the next from one generation to the next, how you pass on from one person to the next. Um, uh, you know, the faith and really kind of see that, you know, that multiplying effect, as it were, um, through our investment. I just think it's absolutely vital for the church in the UK. Um where we're at right now and i think we've got all the opportunity in the world to kind of have a significant impact well phil we need to obviously analyze to some extent the the challenge within the uk church um obviously we're talking a little bit in stereotypes but um i guess lots of these conversations have to be to, to some degree um so for example some surveys notably by the evangelical alliance have suggested the average christian is less concerned about engaging in personal evangelism and of course, in some contexts, quite fearful. And this is part of Premier Christian Radio. Obviously, we're we're um, reporting some of the more extreme stories, but nevertheless, those stories do exist of Christians in the workplace being shut down, sometimes being asked to leave for relative what we might recall relatively small comments and 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 ideas about various things that are politically correct or deemed politically correct and all of which of course creates an atmosphere of or crumbs i mustn't say anything mm. um about my faith now i appreciate the workplace isn't the place to be sharing your faith in, in work time but nevertheless that's that's the feel so talk to me about how you perceive the the climate and and the kind of things that you say to people uh, who are interested in your work yeah i think I, I think the danger. I think the danger in our cultural moment is is just the pressure of secularism and and the kind of um, the slight oppressiveness of that worldview um, on all of us, where we just feel like you know um, it's going to sound stupid if I say that I'm a Christian and I believe in this thing. You know, I guess I guess Charles Taylor was the famous you know you know the, um, the secular age and kind of talked about his canopy over this world where there was no transcendence. I th- but I think what you know, I think what's really interesting is most people on the street have a longing for transcendence. They have a longing for more. They're asking questions about meaning and purpose and justice. And I, I think the danger is is that we see the headlines and we just we you know we kind of we we quieten down a bit. And to be honest, I've quietened down in my life in the past. I remember when I arrived at university in the late nineties, and kind of just feeling completely overwhelmed by this kind of secular worldview that felt so kind of like you're an idiot for being a Christian type of thing. Kind of now I kind of look and think, actually the cultural climate is quite different now. Like there's still an oppressiveness, but we've also got, you've also got fascinating people like Jordan Peterson and stuff who are kind of saying, actually you need transcendence, you need meaning, you need, you know, actually potentially, I don't know where Jordan Peterson himself is at in faith. Um, I think it's just fascinating you've got these sort of people that are kind of saying we can we can talk about these big issues of life that have not disappeared and secularism has not satisfied the longings of people's hearts and so I think we're just kind of trying to say to people like along with most of the church in the UK just you know let's not be let's not kind of be intimidated too quickly and let's not become aggressive um that's probably not that helpful but let's not stay quiet because these questions of the human heart have not disappeared anywhere um despite our secular world so i think that's kind of probably the probably one of the big things i'll be saying at the moment and we are saying at the moment and you've got this um language you use uh, alongside us or along being alongside which i think 
it kind of is a, a lovely concept, isn't it? In the sense that you're not in opposition with someone, you're not confronting them, you're drawing alongside uh, a to help Christians grow, but also to help people inquiring about faith to to find the, the faith that we enjoy. Yeah, I think I mean it's really interesting because we obviously we've as navigators we talk a lot about disciple making in Matthew twenty eight and go and make disciples of all nations and you know you've also got language like workers and labourer um you know in the scriptures as well of, of kind of this person that is active in the harvest field active in making disciples um but i think i think what we've found is that uh, a the word laborer sounds like you're potentially a russian gulag because it's not particularly <laughs> you know what what is that is that is that a helpful language in terms no. of and i think how do we capture a new generation with the disciple making vision and even though a disciple making itself we found even you know, even people that we've trained, they can feel a little bit intimidated and like, can I, can I do this? Am I qualified to get alongside someone, be it a Christian or a non-Christian to help them grow? And I think we're just, we're really captured by this language of alongside and alongside her. And it, it partly comes from uh, John 17. So the parakletos language of the work of the Holy Spirit comes alongside us to point us to Jesus. It's kind of where we were inspired from in that sense of the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and, and points us to Jesus. And, and um, you know, it's often translated, you know, the alongside ministry of, of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I think we just felt like that was that was really helpful language to kind of say, you're already alongside people. Can we help you be a bit more intentional in this? Um, and don't get too into as soon as you use a, a title like a you know a laborer or disciple maker people immediately disqualify themselves if you talk about a posture people can oh, i can imagine myself i'm already in that posture i can kind of half see it and so i think we're just trying to encourage as many people as possible to kind of be a bit more intentional and aware that they're already in these opportunities they're already in these relationships um i think the beautiful thing about the work of the holy spirit you know john 17 and kind of our posture is that is that God is the goal and God is the agent of change. Rather, you know, we we work with the Holy Spirit, as it were, as alongside us. And it's you know, it's used. It's then that word is then used of disciple makers who encourage, comfort, and exhort in in Paul's letters. Others as we get alongside them. So we're just trying to capture some new generation that maybe capture more people into this. And so you can actually really live out this vision. Um, uh, through your life so that's our heart i guess in in using that language and the feedback we've had so far has been incredibly encouraging like um it's just trying to help people think in new ways use new language to capture new people and fire their imaginations a little bit so that's kind of where we've come from on that and um yeah sure and i, I think you're right in terms of the the word disciple and disciple making is conjures up too much baggage as well healthy though the, the word is from a biblical point of view of course um uh, and has been you know uh, like like the word evangelical to some degree has has yeah. has a free to you know a, a kind of a have overtones for some people as they hear it uh and you have to get back to the brass you know i, I describe myself as someone who believes in the teaching who seeks to follow the teaching of jesus um that is an evangelical but the word evangelical has overtones for others yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense uh, and the kind of training tools you use phil because because you know for some people this is a a big step you know I, I have my faith and and thinking about um seeking to talk with others about that faith and teach them is is a big step 
what sort of tools do you use yeah so um I don't, it's, it, I don't know if we describe this as a tool, but I think the first thing is we, do, we we kind of encourage people to draw out a relational network diagram of just like, tell us about your relationships, where are you already positioned? You know, and just say, actually, let's just realize the first first reality that you are already uniquely positioned in this world. You've probably got people that aren't followers of Jesus in your families. You've probably got already many people who don't follow Jesus in your workplace, your neighbors and your streets. Um, your friends and your sports club. So let's just let's just paint the current reality of of where you're already positioned, and then and then kind of point out that actually, like you know, no one else in the world is positioned exactly where you are, and and God has made no mistakes as to where He's placed you. I think the first the first kind of I don't know if you even call that a tool, but it's kind of a, just a way in to kind of say actually God has already uniquely placed you, and can you trust His promises for that place He's put you in right now? Um, and so that's that's probably the first thing we do. And, and um, you know, we focus a lot on the promises of God of saying, actually, you know, Isaiah 61 is a really important promise for us um, that we we take people to very quickly where, you know, Jesus, you know, the spirit of the Lord is on me and has anointed me to preach good news. And, um, you know, we just want, and then it, it goes on to describe it, people who become rebuilders and restorers in this world and, and will become priests who display the glory of God in this broken world. And, um, you know, beauty replaces ashes and all this sort of stuff. And just say, is this promise true for you where he's placed you? And so we're trying to catch people with faith. You know, that's probably the second thing. I don't, again, I don't know if you describe this as a, as a tool, but like we're trying to catch people with faith as he's uniquely placed you. And his promises are true because they're, they're true because of Jesus Christ and his authority. Um, and then it's, you know, and then it's kind of, um, then I think there's a lot of relational tools, actually, in terms of, you know, how do you build trust? How do you build a good relationship? Um, you know, I, the basics of how you build a good friendship with people and kind of um, talk about, and you know, so I think taking steps of, of vulnerability with people, with Christians, non-Christians are just like, you know, Suddenly, if you, if you start talking, you know, I'm a parent, you start talking about parenting with whatever parent you meet, wherever they are on the spiritual journey, you're going to have, you, you, you get into very significant conversations about fears and, you know, and, and so how do we just kind of live and open up about our life and, and, um, and those sort of things, how do you learn to listen well? So those would be a crucial tool of just listening to people's stories and just taking time to really listen to people's stories and uh, I think, I think probably that we've often said in the analysis that the probably the biggest tool is this vision is caught more than taught. So I can, you can teach mm. certain things. So you try and teach people listening skills and all these sort of things. But if you've experienced being got alongside and discipled relationally one on one, you're likely to be able to copy some of that with another person. So I guess we're trying to capture people that haven't necessarily been discipled, and so we're trying to train people in that. But it is something where if you have experienced it, that does help because then it gives you that confidence. Well, you know, I, I, I've often felt, you know, the people I've discipled look at me thinking, well, if he, if he can disciple me, then then I can surely disciple someone else. And, you know, look at some of the people who have influenced me who have been wonderful, but also really flawed and broken and struggling. And and yet they've influenced me incredibly. And, um, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. And so I think it's that kind of principle of God is in the business of, through the Holy Spirit of using broken people who don't feel capable and he actually enjoys using those people 
um, so that he can display who he is through them. Um, I, I just think, yeah. So, um, and we've got some great, I mean, we've got some great resources as well. Like we, um, we just produced uh, a booklet called Face to Face, which kind of basic principles of disciple making. We've also got a new magazine called the Longside Magazine, which gives loads of hints and tips of kind of how to kind of get going and getting alongside people and first steps and that kind of thing. So um, those are a few things I could go on, but. Um... <laughs> well, it encourages people to go to your website and um, find out some of these resources, certainly. Um, and Phil, as, as the national director, what, how do you spend your time? What's, what are your focuses um, as a, as a leader? Yeah. So, um, oh gosh, I mean, I, I seek to model what we do. So I, you know, I, I get alongside a lot of, I get alongside people myself. So, so I do, do spend quite a lot of time just meeting up with people, Bible studies, um, you know, try and partner with other friends in the community to kind of, you know, get alongside neighbors and stuff and, and, and that kind of thing. So I seek to do this myself. Um, I'm also, I guess, I'm two years into this role and so you know seeking to bring you know real strategic direction um to what we're doing as we i guess we've got lots of ambitions as to how we want to serve and bless um in the uk and bless the uk church with this vision um and serve as well as we can and partner well um i'm also um we've got a wonderful faith challenge at the moment i, I don't know i've always described it as a wonderful faith challenge of, of a budget deficit which i kind of so i'm doing a lot of fundraising as well at the moment where we're seeking to raise a lot of funds to kind of um uh move us forward you know um move us forward in faith in terms of some of the things we'd really like to do um uh yeah so yeah <laughs> lots of writing lots of talking I, I spend so much time talking to people all the time across across the organization um you know working with teams and um teaching and all that sort of stuff so um i think probably i'd probably say the my overall thing is i see i'm seeking to bring faith and hope to people both in the navs and outside the navs in terms of um that god really wants to use them that you know we we can have a real impact in the uk um that's probably ultimately is my heart is I just want to kind of, however possible, increase people's faith and hope that God is really at work and is able to work through them. I guess is my ultimate um, passion in that. Certainly back in the day I was working with a staff worker, um, nervous workers would um, find their own support. I guess that's still the model. So you're looking for funds for the national side of things to promote yeah. work yeah 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 we still live for we do gift income raising and um uh, so every you know that's a that's a you know big faith adventure as we um um for every single person working with the navs um yeah so and, and which we phil, see god's uh, gracious uh, hand in all the way through yeah sure and phil anyone um obviously who's in youth work is is very aware of the the safeguarding dimension of of the mentoring role that you know one-on-one -on -one work has always been an important part of youth work now obviously you're you're working slightly older but nevertheless i guess those dimensions still uh, impact what you do i don't yeah. know how how you talk about those kind of issues yeah i think um 
I think this is probably one of the greatest pressures on our on our vision. You know, we're kind of emphasizing really strongly a life on life relational disciple making vision. We say that's crucial. That you know, we're saying that relationships and close relationships are central to God's mission. And I guess this whole thing of abuse of power that's been going on and and leaders that have fallen and all this sort of stuff, I think it, you know, it, it does put a huge pressure on on our vision. So, you know, I think we'd we'd we talk a lot about, you know, uh wisdom and safeguarding in this ministry, you know, that, you know, meet people in public places, um, beware of boundaries and appropriateness. Um I think I'm also really cautious that we don't we don't kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater just because of I think it's it's always been um one of the f- my f- phrases that I've always heard is misuse doesn't argue against non-use, if that makes sense. So the fact that some people have abused um you know, the kind of mentoring disciple making thing doesn't mean we shouldn't do it, but it doesn't mean we need to be cautious and wise. And so you know, I think I've always had, you know, principles of, you know, I don't, I don't mentor women as a man, you know, um, uh, and I'm very cautious about misusing, you know, everyone has power to one degree or another. That's a reality of, of humans. Some people have more power than others, depending on gifting and personality and, and actually how you make sure that you don't misuse that power. And actually we always come to people, you know, the, the posture of the scriptures is a posture of service and humility. That's what the scriptures tell us, you know, we're not to lord it over others like the Gentiles do, as Jesus says. Um, and so we come to people with that position of service and humility rather than I'm a great guy and should really listen to me. It's kind of like we come to serve God's work in that person's life. And I think, I think this whole power thing is really interesting. The one one of the most helpful ways of thinking about it is thinking of it as a triangle that you've got me and another person at the bottom of the triangle, but also God is in the picture. You've got a you've got the top of the triangle, and if if it's just me influencing another person, then it's just my personality. But if God's in that picture, then He's the primary agent of change, and it means that I serve His purposes rather than my purposes. And it means that I listen to him as to what he's doing in someone's life rather than what I think he should be doing in someone's life. And I think it's that kind of posture. This is what I mean by alongside is that sense of there's a submission to God and there's even a submission to what God is doing. There is a submission to what God is doing that other person. And so we work with the Holy Spirit as to what he's doing. Um, And so I think, you you know, I think that's just a really important posture in terms of we don't lord and overpower people or anything like that and we we always come with that submission humility Can I tell one really quick story on this i you know i i i i met um one of the most influential navigators in in our history was a guy called donald mcgilchrist who really shaped the whole worldwide movement theologically and biblically um over decades and i met him a couple of years before he died um and what was fascinating meeting this guy is he just said, I, I've been so excited to meet you, Phil. I, I've, I've had so much about it. I just want to learn from you. And I'm like, this was a guy who was 40 years older than me. Like he had a brain the size of a planet, you know, and yet he came in really humility into how can he learn from me and serve God's purposes in my life? And I think that was the kind of posture that kind of, I think you've seen the scriptures of this isn't a lording it over with power, which he could have done. But actually came and got alongside and served God's purposes and 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 listen. I just think that was a 
a beautiful example of the kind of spirit of what disciple making should be about and how we need to really recover that for this generation in the midst of all these misuses of power and horrible stuff um yeah i don't know if that if that answers your kind of question no it's, it does, really very, help, it's very helpful thank you and as you say um you know plenty of folk meet one-on-one -on -one in all sorts of walks of life yeah um, as you say a very small percentage of mentoring has been unhealthily and unhelpfully utilized and so but let's not stop doing it just because it's you know, gone pear-shaped and let's be wise in in our approach um we're coming to the end phil but i understand you've got a, a conference coming up in october no doubt um you'd be wanting to encourage people to be aware of that if that's something that interests them yes yeah, so saturday october the 7th um we're meeting at um birmingham vineyard church um uh, for a day conference where we're going to be looking at the whole theme of of alongsiding and also how we partner with others in alongsiding um where we are in our local churches or wherever we were based um so um you can check out the navigators website and and have a look at that and um yeah come along it'd be great to meet you fabulous well thank you for, for your time today and for your inspiration for us to be uh relaxed about engaging in conversations with others and, and seeking to lead them to faith and and on into discipleship so thank you it's a pleasure thank you it was super to spend some time with uh, phil boydell uh, talking about the uh, alongside ministry of the navigators he is the uk director of the navigators uk and a good reminder for all of us to use our influence to get alongside others seek to share our faith, encourage their faith if they have it. Uh, and as 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, to uh, seek to entrust the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to reliable people who can then teach others. And that uh, multiplication approach um, is, is one that uh, will enable us to see the churches of Christ flourish wherever we are and wherever they are. There are two places, of course, to find archived versions of The Leadership Show. You can go to Premier's website and type in The Leadership Show and you get uh, the archives of several hundred uh, back issues, as it were, of, of, the, uh, of the show. Uh, but you can also uh, go to the profile. Uh, this show appears as The Leadership Special midweek, so you can re-listen to this one or encourage someone else, if you've enjoyed this show, to, to listen to it. Uh, so it normally lands roughly on a Wednesday. And then the profile itself is a, a longer conversation, sometimes with Christians and leadership, uh, that typically uh, comes out on a Saturday. So um, you can look for uh, shows there on topics or uh, people that uh, particularly interest you. So I'm Andy Peck, uh, the host of this show. Uh, delighted once again to have had your company and look forward to you, you joining us very soon. Bye for now.